Good evening and welcome and Merry Christmas. As uh, Jesse mentioned a bit ago, uh, just as a way of reminder, we don't have uh, services in the morning, uh, but encourage you to gather with your friends, family, loved ones, and uh, enjoy Christmas together. I also want to give a special welcome to our visitors. Perhaps this is your first time worshiping with us. Um, thank you for joining us as we gather to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and uh, enjoy music from the kiddos and, and all that kind of good stuff. So thank you guys for all of you, little ones and big ones alike, who have sung and, and led us in song already this evening. Um, we don't typically have this much music in our Sunday gathering, so if you are new and you're wondering what does a typical Sunday gathering look like, well, it's a lot less music, not so much Christmas decorations, and I usually do not wear anything this formal. Um, so there are some differences. As well, I'm going to talk for um, a, a lot less time than normal. But this evening, I do want to share a brief reminder of what Christmas is all about. What is it that we are remembering during this festive time of the year? These last four Sundays here at Grace Life, we've looked at the four themes of Advent through the lens of four familiar Advent hymns. This evening, I kind of want to continue in that pattern with a more modern song, O Come, All You Unfaithful. A little different than perhaps the original. This song was written in 2020 by Bob Coughlin and Lisa Clow. We sung it here at Grace Life several times since then, and it's quickly become one of my favorites for sure. And I listen to it outside of Christmas time as well because it kind of fits um, that as well. But uh, I want to read the lyrics to you this evening. Oh, come, all you unfaithful. Come, weak and unstable. Come, know you are not alone. O come, barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come, see what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. O come, bitter and broken, come with fears unspoken, come, taste of his perfect love. O come, guilty and hiding ones, there is no need to run. See what your God has done. He's the lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. So come, though you have nothing. Come, he is the offering. Come, see what your God has done. Who is this Christ born for you? Why was he born for you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. For the wonderful reminders we've had this evening already uh, in song, through the reading of your scriptures, Lord, as we come to celebrate Christmas and celebrate the birth of Jesus, we need to be reminded not only of this wonderful festive time, but we need to be rem- reminded about why Jesus came. Lord, center our hearts around what matters. Center our hearts around worship of you. Give us ears to hear this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. So who is this Christ born for you? Let's begin by looking at Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus. So if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew 1, 18 through 25. If not, it will be up on the screen. 
Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, if you do have your Bible uh, in front of you, you'll notice that in the verses leading up to the section that we've just read, that there's a lengthy genealogy, a list of names. Now, this is the same genealogy that if you are part of Grace Life, we concluded our series on the book of Ruth in. It's not just an account of some random names. It shows us the human lineage of Jesus and the kingly line of Jesus. See, Jesus came as a baby. He took on human flesh. We call this the incarnation. That's the theological word for taking on flesh. So this isn't just some kind of random uh, list of names. These people all have a story. And their story tells us a little bit about who Jesus is and why he came. Now, as I've said when we looked at this a few weeks ago, what this tells us is that Jesus came to save sinners. This is the backdrop, if you will, for Advent. This is the backdrop for this season that we celebrate Christmas at. And what it tells us is that there is no sin too great that he cannot save. No life too broken that he cannot redeem. God redeems and works his purposes out through sinners. And if you were to look at the list in Matthew 1, 1 through 17, you would see plenty of people with a sordid past. There is no sinner, no victim, no failure, no wrecked life, no outsider, nor outcast. That God cannot reach and rescue and redeem. God can redeem anyone. Matthew tells of the angel appearing to Joseph who would become the adopted father of Jesus. The angel convinces Joseph to take Mary as his wife. Scandalous. She was already pregnant. She had conceived through the Holy Spirit. And in verse 21, the angel says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. This name, Jesus, comes from the Greek, Yeshua, or as we would say, Joshua. So you've got to kind of go from Greek to Hebrew to whatever to to figure out this name. But uh, the line is Jesus, then to Yeshua. The name comes from the covenant name for God, Yahweh, and the verb Yasha, meaning to rescue or deliver or to save. So Jesus means God saves his people. He is Jesus Christ. That is, he is the Christ. Now, Christ is not his last name. 
Rather, it's a title. And it comes from the Greek word Christos, meaning anointed one or chosen one. This is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word for Messiah. Jesus is the Lord's human name given to Mary and Joseph by the angel. And Christ is his title, signifying that Jesus was sent from God to be a king, to be a deliverer. So Jesus Christ means Jesus the Messiah or Jesus the anointed one. One moment here. Been a week for technology failing, right? Last night, we discovered what it was to live back in the Stone Age as our internet went out. <laughs> and so last night, Olive got a taste of uh, what it is when you can't watch something on streaming or, or whatever. And so we played, get this, board games. And she beat me in Battleship. Okay. <laughs> Card games. <laughs> All right. So Jesus is the anointed one of God. He came to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. The one who would save his people from their sin. He is the chosen savior. But he is more than just a man. The angel speaks of one of the prophecies fulfilled in Jesus, quoting Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel is another name given for the Messiah. And it means God with us. This name is a promise for God's people. This promise is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ. This name shows that Jesus was in fact God the Son. Come to dwell among us. Sent by God the Father. Conceived by God the Spirit. The Apostle John writes about the Christmas story. Though his account of it is a little bit different. John 1.1 In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And then jumping down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, the word or the logos was and is God. He took on flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the Christ, fully man and fully God was born. Not only was he born, but he was born for you and for me. The reason he came to dwell among us was to be the savior of his people. And that includes you and I. So at Christmas, we spend a good bit of time considering the birth of Christ. And of course, this is absolutely fitting. And of course, we give gifts, we celebrate, we enjoy things like lights and um, hopefully maybe a little break from the weather at some point here. But we get together, we celebrate. The reason for that celebration is Jesus. But his birth cannot be separated for his purpose for coming. The why. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians 4, 4 through 5, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Why do you and I need saving? Why do we need adoption? Why do we need redemption? Because humanity is born into sin. 
Sin is rebellion against God. It's the transgression of his law. When Adam took the fruit in the Garden of Eden and ate, as found in the book of Genesis, sin and death entered the world. Humanity then has inherited this fallen condition by being of Adam's seed. A little journey through the book of Romans really quickly. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Chapter 5, verse 12, Therefore just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. Chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this is the bleak backdrop of Christmas, that all are deserving of God's wrath because of sin. Because of the sinful nature, we are born in bondage to sin, and we continually sin. So death is the result of this. First, in a separation between the sinner and God. We are described in the Bible as being at enmity with God. We are hostile toward God. Second, this death is a physical death. Should the Lord tarry, we all will die. Finally, a second death, an eternal death, an eternal separation from God in the lake of fire. And God would be just in pouring out his wrath upon sinners. He is just. But as we spoke about this past Sunday, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So this song that we read at the beginning here, it speaks of the condition of the sinner. Unfaithful, weak, and unstable. Bitter, broken, weary, and tired. Guilty and hiding, full of fear, with nothing to bring to the table but our brokenness. The message of Christmas is for the sinner. Christ was born for you. Christ died for you. God said this through the prophet Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Jesus came to save. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross, taking the wrath of God on your behalf. The wrath that in your sin you deserved. He took that for you. He died and rose again and is now seated next to the Father. This is why Jesus was born. This is what we are celebrating on December 25th. Beloved, my brothers and sisters in Christ, those who have trusted in the finished work of Christ, his death and his resurrection, those who have become like wool, you've been born again. Yet maybe perhaps this song still resonates with you as you hear the words. At times you feel unworthy. You know, not a single one of us has ever been perfectly faithful. That's why I love the title of this. So come all you unfaithful. I fit into that category. We're weak and weary as well. You may be barren and waiting, bitter and broken. Perhaps you struggle with guilt and hiding behind religious makeup, filled with fear. 
that someone might know the real you. That's the you that Jesus loves. Remember, Christ was born for you. And as his word tells us, a bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. So come, see what your God has done. Beloved, this is what Paul writes about you, how he describes you and what he has done for you. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And if you're here this evening and you're not a believer, if you've never tasted of this grace, I want to invite you to receive this free gift of salvation. All you have to do is believe Jesus, the Christ, that he died and rose again for the forgiveness of your sin. Trust in him. Receive him by faith and grace. Christ was born and he died for you and he beckons for you to come. Again, turning to Isaiah 55, 1 through 3, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And you labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. And delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear, come to me. Hear that your soul may live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. Jesus, speaking of his heart for sinners and sufferers alike, his heart for you says this in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In Jesus, God has provided salvation, healing, relationship, And his righteousness. He has made it possible for God in Christ Jesus to be with us. And so, come, though you have nothing. Come, he is the offering. Come, see what your God has done. Christ was born for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you sent your son into this broken world, this sin, this world that was crushed by sin, humanity lost in darkness. 
And you came through Jesus. And brought light to a world clouded in darkness. Father, I ask that if there are those here who are not yet believers, that you will touch their hearts, that you will grant them the gift of faith and repentance this evening. For those of us who are believers and are struggling tonight, feeling the weight of our guilt and shame, feeling the weight of our constant struggles, Father, would you grant us a rest from that? A ceasing from all of our striving. That we would find our rest in Christ Jesus. Father, as we celebrate Christmas tomorrow morning, may our hearts be filled with joy that only your Son can bring. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.